0: Welcome to episode number 40. That's right, 40. We're going to pour one out on the curb of the third season (laughs) of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. Wolf, real quick, if we were going to pour a 40 in honor of episode number 40 out on the curb, who would it be for right now? Jay (laughs) and maybe? maybe? May,
1: may, what's that?
0: Jay Ajayi out for the season.
1: I know. I know. That's coming up on the stock watch that we'll talk about Jay I, I still think Darius Geist, it still kills me that that guy didn't have a season oh, this right. year, especially seeing how awful the running back. Jimmy G is that, maybe? Yeah, what's that? Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G, exactly. This there's too many uh, already to pour him out for. But I said, yeah, Jay Ajay, he's gonna be coming up. We'll mm. cover him soon. Damn, just a, a torn ACL for a guy we were hyping up pretty big. It was looking like a bust already. This one maybe just puts us out of our misery a little bit earlier. Yeah, now we can always be like, well, <laughs> he got hurt. He was gonna have a huge second half of the season. <laughs> yeah, right. He was really ready to explode. No, it's funny. I literally, as I was writing um the the stock blurbs, I was did a blurb on Ajay being a stock down for his usage this week, uh, and literally as I published it. The news breaks: J.J. torn ACL on IR. Like, oh, perfect timing! I just wrote this whole blurb, and stock down
0: is very stock you're down. You're correct; his stock yes. was way down in very the toilet, down. as a matter of fact. Exactly, completely so, done. So, the the truth has, and I'm going to refer to myself in third person at this point. So that should warn you that like you're about <laughs> to get some shit talking going on. Four and and0 week in fantasy, barring yeah. a 50 point game from Drew Brees in my hometown league. <laughs> I will be four and zero, which I'm pretty excited about. That's rare. Even That's if you're great. a good fantasy yeah, player, you know, sweeping your leagues. I mean, there's so much luck involved in that. So I'm feeling oh. pretty good. You know how it is when you're when you're on top of the world in fantasy. You know, you know, better. Food tastes better. The air just seems fresher. Everything's you know, better. Hot Life's people better. seem hotter. Even ugly people seem kind of hot. A hundred percent. No, my I, if Jameson Crowder can't pull
1: 20 points out of his ass tonight, everything's going to yeah. taste worse for me. Everything's going to taste god awful. The music's going to sound horrible and the car traffic will be worse. Life will be just awful. I'll be
0: one in four in a league and that'll just be the end of me. I'll, I'll be devastated. If hell were real and, and there was music constantly playing over like, uh you know, an elevator music system, what band do you think would be playing all the time? What Who do you think <laughs> would be getting the most play in hell? In, in like, hell? Yeah, like, you know, just somewhere that was designed personally to torture people. If it's just on repeat, I feel like that, like, remember that Mbop song by Hansen? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't sure. even hate
1: that. Like, you know, one and done, it's like, okay, Hansen, Mbop. But if you had to hear that on repeat, like, all the time, nonstop, I imagine you'd want to just rip your eyeballs out.
0: Yeah, I think it would take less than a day. I was thinking yeah. they'd probably play a lot of Coldplay in hell, also. Oh, not a Coldplay guy, huh? (laughs) Not really. You know, it's not (laughs) like they're like the worst band in the world, but I'd be pretty disappointed (laughs) if that was like the only thing my radio got. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving along to actual football, <laughs> we're gonna do this in one take here. We're gonna uh, do some risers. We're gonna do some fallers. We're gonna do some guys you should be buying low on, and there's three really good ones actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we're gonna give you a couple penny stocks. Then we're gonna tell you a couple injuries to take note of, and then we're gonna get out of here so we can watch the Monday night game, as is our current, uh, you know, tradition. I guess you could say. We've got a decent Monday night game coming up, if nothing else yeah. for history's sake. We got the Saints. This is this is in New Orleans, or are they going to Washington? I can never remember. Believe this one's in on the Super. Yep. I agree. Right. Right. Washington's going there. Uh kind of a sneaky game. Kinda of feel like the Saints are supposed to handle it, but I don't know. I I, I have a very hard time getting a read on Washington right now.
1: Yeah. They stick in games. They play tough. Alex Smith has always been a good like quality guy that'll always keep his team active and convert those third downs and whatnot. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see how this one plays out. Absolutely.
0: And also 201 yards away from breaking the all-time uh, passing record, which yeah. is kind of a big deal. Drew Brees kind of an unsung guy, even though obviously we think he's great. He's done some pretty amazing things. So we'll hopefully get this done in time for us to go and watch that game in its entirety. Uh, I know, I need. I, need <laughs> I want Sabres to gonna have be a big, big game. game. I just don't want him to score like 49 or more points, which seems pretty I think, unlikely. I think the high score uh, was 37. Uh, I think any you'll, you'll be in good shape. Yeah, you'll be okay. The only reason I need 20 from uh
1: Jameson Crowder too is so. Who were our Fibbers yeah. yesterday? We had our big event and it was unbelievable. But oh, right, a uh, great turnout, a good fan base, great questions the whole time. So fantastic event. Thank you again, Fibbers. Uh, for helping put us on with that one, but Mason Crosby's my kicker, and oh, he man proceeded to miss Amazing. four field goals, one extra point, so five total missed kicks, including one from like twenty yards, which is absurd. So I was obviously just drinking heavily. Getting, I had my drink comps, uh, so I was just they, they were flying down the sin rims, the mixed drinks, whatever it might have been. Right, right. Wait, I wait. was putting it all down like crazy. So by the time he missed his fourth one, I was sitting next to CJ. And uh, the girl, I'm, uh, my girlfriend that I'm seeing right now uh, is sitting kind of next to us and she overhears me. I just go to see her. Like, I would literally actually murder Mason Crosby. She goes, you wouldn't actually kill him. And I just looked, turned to her, I just go, I would cut him into little pieces. And she, and she was talking to, like, she already knows my horrible, dark sense of humor, but she was talking to this, like, 40-year-old teacher that she teaches with that she was about to sure. introduce me to. She looks at me just mortified, like, oh, this is the guy you're going to introduce me to. The guy just says he's going to cut another human
0: into little pieces for missing field goals. Well, so, uh, great. I'm a former teacher, but I'm also in, in that 40 range. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't have blinked twice if I had heard you say that about Mason Crosby. So, to please. <laughs> don't don't like paint all these like forty year old educators with the same brush of like oh they can't handle a little not. bit of like cutting up uh, your fantasy kicker who at that <laughs> point I believe had negative eleven points he was I'm Johnny Google. Goodtimes kicker as well uh, so I was awful. enjoying sticking it to him but like I hope he's what some a shit show about oh that. my yeah, god that was awful. It's the worst oh. thing ever. It's the worst. It's like the worst game. I said in a, a post on our message board, and I know we're, we're sidetracked here. I was, talked about how efficient this podcast was going to be. But uh, <laughs> I, what the, I said the equivalent day for Mason Crosby, if he were like, instead of a kicker, if he were like Dr. Mason Crosby, would be like, operate and see like seven patients. They all die. Right. And then you like run in and like to the lobby and you sexually harass like three nurses. Then you pound <laughs> six beers um throw up on the counter and then run and pee in the stairwell as the hospital supervisor's walking up the stairs that right. would be the equivalent <laughs> game uh if you were a doctor might for not even
1: cover the horror show that that was right Awful. it might have
0: even been worse <laughs> right and then i guess since he made a field goal near the end i guess then maybe like you go in and like you take someone's blood pressure and they don't die
1: right you put a band-aid on right you're just like, like see i know i'm a doctor
0: i know what i'm, I'm doing good. yeah what are you I'm okay. about? Dude, this guy's alive uh. Awful. Anyway, uh, I yeah. digress. We're going to get right into risers. Mason Crosby, if you're listening, usually I say, like, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. We don't want you on the show. No, unless right, you, you want to be put into bags. <laughs> no, of, in no we don't want you pieces. on the show. We don't. <laughs> yeah, you're you're, you're talking the talking first about player about in the history of the NFL that we are actively saying, not welcome. You can't come <laughs> no, on. No, not at all. You can't for for come on. For your own safety, don't come on. Right. Our, our listeners are the real deal. Here we go. <laughs> risers, Broncos, running backs, Philip Lindsay rising. Uh, and then Freeman, you know, it seems like they're, they're going to kind of have to go hand in hand on this. Is falling. Uh, I got to say, when I see them play, I'm and I'm surprised every time I do. I, I like what I see out of Philip Lindsay. Absolutely. yeah, He's crushing it right now. And this is the only time he's been out snapped or
1: out touched by uh, Royce Freeman right now. Philip Lindsay is when he got ejected for punching a guy in the face. So Philip Lindsay, every single game he's been active, has out touched, out gained and, and out snapped Royce Freeman. So moving forward, who is that featured back? It seems very clearly it's this undrafted free agent out of Colorado. Uh, you watch him play. He runs with a four three eight forty, and it really translates onto the game field. You see his feet. They just rapid fight here. Uh, it's unbelievable the way he moves, the lateral quickness too, to make people. He's not a big guy at all. Not big at all, but he stops on a dime, zips into the end zone. So he's really outplayed him. Uh, it still is kind of a three-headed nightmare because Devontae Booker is like a mosquito, kind of lingering here, sucking out receiving value from both backs. Five fifty-nine line this weekend, but ultimately it's the Philip Lindsay show. He's had about fifteen to twenty touches every single week. Uh, it's his backfield, and he's playing far better. Even though Freeman's not bad, five point one yards per carry himself, the usage just isn't there. He Hasn't topped eight touches uh, in a single game that Lindsey's made it all the way through, other than Week One. So Philip Lindsey, the guy moving forward, looking very talented, and I would say a quality RB
0: two. Whereas Royce Freeman has to hit your bench until further notice. Agree on all counts. James White, his role, and this is with Julian Edelman back. I mean, the, the Patriots offense. Talk about you know what, what two weeks ago where like you know mm-hmm. we didn't think this, but we're like are they done like blah, blah, blah and now all of a sudden it's just like man they're exploding potentially everywhere right everywhere on offense these guys are so dangerous and you specifically are targeting white who going into this week i believe was the number seven running back ppr Mm -hmm. and then i think he put up 30 this week so that can only help him
1: right absolutely he's crushing it in standard and half ppr and full ppr doesn't really matter i think he gets this pegged in as a ppr guy because of course he catches a ton of ball he's fresh off a 10 catch on 14 targets. That's a lot of yardage too though That's a shitload of yards, 77 yards and a TD He scored in every single week Other than week 2 against the Jaguars And even then he had uh, 85 total yards And a bunch of catches So the guy's been getting it done every single week And it's not just uh, PPR formats And this one was huge because it was with Edelman back, it's with Josh Gordon Starting to get more comfortable in the offense It's with Gronk, was on the field So this was a full of a weapons cabinet as you can get And he still was by far and away Tom Brady's favorite target ever since Rex Burkhead went down two weeks ago Tom Brady said we need James White on the field more we gotta target this guy more and get him more involved he's seen 24 targets since then uh, racked up 18 catches 145 yards two total scores and then another 44 yards and a TD on the ground as well and that span 45.9 half PPR points in that span and that's also again with Sony Michel also I mean, emerging Yeah, let's not, also not, let's not
0: ignore him the guys and, had two legit stud games in a row
1: Fantastic. So he's playing well. This isn't coming at the expense of anybody else. It's more so that James White is just the centerpiece of this offense. And a lot of people are saying sell high, more people are going to get acclimated, his touches are going to go down, and you got to get rid of him. That's pretty much every fantasy narrative I see out there, in which case he becomes a buy low for me. If people are trying to sell him and don't believe that this is going to continue, then I'm buying low. I get that he's always been an ancillary piece, and he's always kind of had a couple big games here and there, but this has been very consistent. He hasn't gone under 11 half PPR points on the year and I don't think he's going to suddenly just dip below maybe Edelman takes a few of those targets but 14 the week he comes back I don't see James White dipping below eight to ten targets every single week as a key absolute key cog of this attack
0: yeah I was talking about because I remember I traded uh James White actually like before the season I traded him for Emmanuel Sanders which seemed like a great deal at the time Sanders (laughs) has done well uh, and I remember my buddy, Johnny Goodtimes, was like, you ripped that kid off, James White has no value. And I was like, he's definitely got value. Like, I'd rather have Sanders, I think. But then he said, you know, and even last week I said to him, I was like, I like how you said he had no value. And he's like, well, next week he could get one carry and and like one target. I was like, one carry, maybe one target. No way. No, like he's going to get targeted eight to ten times. Absolutely. All right. Joe Mixon back for the Bengals. And of course, as Joe Mixon rises, Gianni Bernard, I was going to say falls, but let's just call it what it is. Disappears. Uh, Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon is back. Uh, How how in are you on him? Pretty high. I'm absolutely and one, dude. Absolutely. Uh, if they're 4-1, and one, their team is rolling, and that's half of
1: why I'm so all-in on Joe Mixon is how well this entire team is playing. Bernard was out, so I guess that's the only question here moving forward is after Bernard dominated for two weeks, will him and Joe Mixon coexist and be a committee? But right now, it doesn't seem so. He's fresh off. There's all these rumblings it was going to be you know, eased in, and he's got conditioning concerns, and he's going to see a lighter workload. He goes in and has a season-high 25 total touches, plays 78% of the snaps, and dominate like he's always been 115 total yards in a score uh, three catches I mean the guy's been absolutely monstrous every time he's been out there hasn't been under 22 touches in a single game yet this year he's got 23 19 points and then a nine point I guess a dud but I mean nine points the worst he does against a tough Baltimore D I'd be okay with that the usage is there and as you mentioned these Bengals are unbelievable they're actually number four right now at 30.8 points per game in scoring in the NFL I mean there's the usual suspects up there the Saints and the Rams and the Chiefs and the Steelers, then the Bengals. Nobody kind of expected them to be up that high, number four in the league, above the Steelers actually, in points. Bill Lazor's system has been absolutely clicking. It operates best when it's kind of no huddle. They don't have to sub people out, which is why they prefer an every down back. Marvin Lewis came out after week one and said we like that he got 22 carries and four catches. That's what we want Joe Mixon at every single week. Uh, And that's why he's looking. He's a complete workhorse. Uh, I see him labeled often as an RB2 with some RB1 upside. This guy's a bonafide running back one he's one of the few guys in the league that you can say that about if you were drafted today you'd have to consider him at your your fringe first round type of play right there
0: is the afc north the best division in football
1: uh i don't think so no what do you Uh, think Uh, man that's a tough question on the spot i would say the one that has the panthers the the saints and the south I know that like, the records might not show it, but I just yeah exactly that one. Just top to the, bottom. Even the Bucks
0: are honestly like giving teams hard games, so. That well, I mean, be... the Browns and the Steelers are last place in the AFC North. They're two. I mean, the Browns could be five and zero, oh, dude. If Hugh Jackson wasn't their coach, they probably would be. That's true. You know, yeah, th- those two divisions probably are right there at the top. I would say, yeah. All right, last riser, David Njoku. Now, you mm. know we were high on this guy for quite a while, and uh, you know he's been crappy for long enough, where a lot of people were rightfully, I would say, starting to bail out. Yep. Uh, but now I'd say his stock for the first time all year, is actually going up. Why? it's off season highs right now in targets, catches and yards you saw
1: 11 targets caught 6 of them for 69 yards which doesn't seem like a humongous deal but again it coincides naturally with Baker Mayfield who made magic uh, happen in the college level with his tight end and it's suddenly happening here with David Njoku the much more accurate Baker Mayfield inserted and he's suddenly up to 111 yards and 18 targets in his last 2 weeks that's very solid at a position that's so injury riddled that's so inconsistent that you can't find a guy that sees a steady path of volume that's huge for Nyoku. this athletic freak he got plagued again with two drops which is unfortunate because he could have had an even bigger day, probably ripped one into the end zone unfortunately, but the the thing I love about Niyoku, he, again the usage is getting there, but his schedule, rest of season is the easiest by far among tight ends, you look at it, there's 10 more games in the season, and 8 of those 10 games, he's facing a bottom 8 team versus the tight end position, and the only two that are above uh, the top 8 defending the tight end are Chargers and and Falcons, who are both, whether they defend the position decent or not, they're both potential shootout games. So I, I like everything about his schedule, his usage, the way Baker Mayfield targets him. He's, to me, the clear number two in this offense right now. Especially Higgins is now banged up. Callaway's on the decline. It seems like Nyoku's the only one really rising in that offense uh, as Baker's taken over, and I absolutely love him moving forward with that schedule.
0: Alright, we're going to get into fallers, and we're only going to do one, but before we do, I just want to ask you an aside, because uh, I watched <laughs> the Sunday night game, and I just really I wanted to text you right when it happened, but I was like, ah, he's probably passed out somewhere." Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, all man, maybe. Uh, oh, did, did, did you see? I mean, for, did you see those spin moves he put on those guys at the end of he's the game? He's unbelievable. Not, I mean, and his thing used to be like he he was not particularly good after the catch. Remember, like he was like the lowest <laughs> yard after the catch right, guy, and exactly. now it's like he's catching these balls in stride, and he's just like mm-hmm. he's amazing, man. He's an unbelievable player now. He's he's
1: one of the funnest. Players to watch where you can both moss people. And like you mentioned, yeah, the one element missing out of his game might have been that after the catch. And he's making moves like that. It's ridiculous. He's the only uh, wide receiver so far in the league, too, to log 100% of his offensive snaps. Yeah, he's he's always on the field. Has literally not missed a single snap. Has not missed a snap. Every other receiver has taken at least a couple plays off. He's the only one in the NFL that has not. And
0: he's not not particularly a hothead, but he also kind of seems like the guy that would probably fight you i would not want to fuck with him he's terrifying yeah Yeah, i love that absolutely all right let's go to followers yeah he's like about my favorite guy to watch in the league Mm -hmm. all right the falcons i'm going to describe something to you and i want you to tell me what i'm describing okay (laughs) all right you got a guy that rushes eight times for 32 yards you got another guy who rushes seven times for 15 yards and then you got another guy who rushes three times for five yards what am i describing the fucking hellhole that is now the Falcons three headed nightmare committee. That's the definition of a RB <laughs> committee. Awful. Right, right. G- Just like stick your head <laughs> in the oven right now if you got a piece of that.
1: Exactly. Go right into the oven. I agree. And the worst part about it is that three times for five yards came with a touchdown. Yeah, that was my yeah, yeah. with a touchdown. That was a creature named Ido Smith. The third string back was Go Figure, the one that goes in and gets the touchdown there. Sure. Meanwhile, Devonta Freeman starts sure. and he gets the most work. That's nice, but again, but not eight too times, much work. 32. Ten touches, no, it, ten total touches for forty-one total yards. Coleman. Thirty total yards on eight nine touches, like, and then the other guy gets the touchdown. That is just a nightmare. It's just hell written all over it. And it doesn't seem like they're gonna switch it up. It wasn't like they said before the game. The news broke: Falcons plan to roll out three headed committee and see how it goes. And they got the the results they were looking for, I guess, on the ground. I don't they know. Made. They
0: got the shit kicked out of them,
1: right? So I mean, hopefully that that spawns them to, to turn around. But the only guy that scored was the one that you would think would be removed. So who knows? You but can't obviously. Start they, any of these guys though, you right? can 't start any of them until at least it becomes a two headed show if not maybe one finally emerges, but unless an injury happens unless Edo Smith gets chopped off of this uh, committee right now. It's a situation that you just absolutely have to avoid as a fantasy owner. And that's awful. Because think about Freeman, how good he's been. He's been an RB1, high-end, consistent. Even Coleman was a nice RB2 that you could use even when both of them were on the field. And now it's become this just disgusting situation you want no part of. And the defense is so bad, too, that they're going to have to abandon running games early. It's just I want no part of this backfield at all.
0: No. Run for the hills if you have any part of that. You have Devontae Freeman and you're like hoping like – I mean, what do, what do you do if you have him? Are you unloading him to anybody that, that, I mean, you can't get anything for him, probably?
1: And that's what gets shitty here. But if he has name value at all, and you can say, like, I mean, let me, I, I would get, say, John Brown. Let's say,
0: like, oh, John gosh, Brown. Oh, gosh. I would never, yeah. I mean, yeah. I have John Brown. A good buddy of mine has Devontae Freeman. I would never trade John Brown straight up. I pretty.
1: don't know. I'm just trying to think of, like, a random yeah, yeah, yeah. name that people might I mean, not know. No, realize. right. You're right. I have no, knows idea, right? Like, no,
0: that's a good point.
1: I don't know. Exactly. If there's any name value to Freeman, he's not a guy I'm looking to buy low on. We're going to have a buy low section later on, and this is not <laughs> right. a situation. you like, oh, do you
0: match. get a good deal for Devontae Freeman? There's a good reason no. you can get a deal for Devontae Freeman it, because awesome. he's worthless. Right, and and get, Alex Collins, too. Yeah, let's to talk, talk running, about, uh, Ravens running backs. Go, let's yeah, do absolutely.
1: Uh, it's similar to the Broncos situation whereas we wanted to highlight – that Lindsey was rising, uh, and obviously Freeman was the faller here. This case, Allen is rising, and Collins is falling. And not that either of them are particularly attractive, but this is now the fourth week in a row, uh, four out of five weeks, Alex Collins has been outsnapped by Buck Allen. He gets all the receiving work, and and this week, usually, you know, Alex Collins actually outplays him, gets more yardage. But this week, for the first time, uh, Alex Collins was actually outproduced by Buck Allen too. And it just—I don't get it because every time you see him touch the ball, Allen doesn't do anything with it. He averages under three yards a carry. He averages under seven yards a catch at 6.8. And neither of those measures uh, go up to what Alex Collins is doing. But they insist on making committee. John Harbaugh came out today and says a, f- a fresh running back is a good thing. We need to spread the load. And so it doesn't seem like this is heading anywhere other than dreaded committee. And this offense just isn't good enough for two running backs uh, to sustain and have consistent, decent value. It's not like a Saints, obviously, where you can have two guys and they both have value. This is not one of those cases. So, unfortunately, Collins at this point is no more than a flex at best. Uh, Buck Allen, a guy, I guess, that you can trust in your flex, too. I value them pretty similarly, and coming into the year with Collins being a late third, early fourth rounder, kind of high-end RB2, he's been one of the biggest fallers in, in terms of draft value from the original day, and it doesn't seem like it's heading anywhere but further down. Especially, kind of, Dixon is going to return in a couple weeks too it gets even more messy uh, if there's any similar to what we're talking about with Freeman if there's any name value to Collins then I'd say get rid of him right now too
0: yeah would you trade Alex Collins or w- would you trade John Brown for Alex Collins and Devonte Freeman
1: I might do it for both just because I feel like at least one of them at some point might spark it would obviously depend on my running back depth and my wide receiver depth and all that stuff when it comes
0: to trades but both guys yes I think I would okay Uh, I'm not sure I would, but but I respect your response. All right, right. let's talk buy low. Uh, we got three good ones. Le'Veon Bell, the first one, coming back week seven, which I believe is a buy, so I guess we'll see him on the field. Week eight, for fantasy purposes, you're talking about the last five weeks of your season and the playoffs, if you're lucky enough to get there and the guy stays healthy. Mm -hmm. Buying low on Le'Veon? I mean, that makes sense if anyone's selling low right exactly and at this point his owner's probably not selling low uh, This I kind of
1: wrote this article going in the last week where if the owner didn't have James Conner it was kind of one and three, zero oh and 4 and you're sitting there with either James Conner or the backfield depth to kind of eat this then absolutely you buy low on Le'Veon Bell right now this is a guy that was very consistently labeled the number 2 number 1 pick in fantasy drafts before obviously all this uh, holdout shit happened but man this guy is as freakish as it gets he's clearly better and this is Hard to say because James Connor's off of a, I think, 185 total yards, 30 something point fantasy day. So I mean, he count, he's coming off a beastly effort. But Le'Veon Bell's still a thousand times better. He's still a hundred thousand times the athlete that James Connor is. Uh, so if you can get Le'Veon Bell on the cheap right now, I did in a league, let's say I just traded Mark Ingram and Chris Thompson. Not cheap necessarily, but I had the running back depth, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, so, th- I'm going to be able to roll out Levy on Bell and Zeke come the end of the year. The only worry is today a report came out that they might try to make it a committee between Bell and Connor. And he kind of mentioned that, you know, Bell doesn't want a full workload because he doesn't want to get hurt. But I don't buy that. Bell wants to put on some quality. I don't buy tape. that
0: for a second. No. I think the this Steelers guy- are going to not have him, and I think they're going to run him into the ground.
1: Absolutely. That's how, exactly how I view it is. We got eight more games of this guy. Our season's kind of in uh, flux right now. Let's get as much as we can out of Le'Veon Bell before we get rid of him. He's going to be fresher. He's going to be hungrier, angrier than anybody else on the field trying to earn that big payday. I think you get Bell for your stretch runs, and you're looking in some fantastic shape, especially, again, I have Zeke and Bell coming up. You can get like Gurley and Bell. It's worth cutting two kind of depth running backs. Again, Ingram Thompson was what I traded for him, so that's kind of a measuring bar. Not a light light price, but still I think long-term could turn my team into just an unstoppable juggernaut. That's
0: a a great deal for you. I mean, a great gamble. Not a huge gamble, great gamble, great upside. Who knows what Ingram's going to be? That's a great deal. Mm -hmm. Rob Gronkowski, a guy who was one of my keepers in my hometown league and has not been lights out by any means. I think the way that the tight end position is, I want to say in PPR format, He's probably the tight end 5 or 6, believe it or yep. not. So, I mean, it's it's not like he's worthless, but he's not Gronk. No, Gronk is...
1: The just league-separating edge that you gain from him, you know, what Travis Kelsey's been providing owners all year, what Zach Ertz, fresh off a 10-catch, 100-yard day, Eric has Ebron. been providing owners. Eric Ebron, even these days, my good God, uh, against the Patriots, we saw it. That's what you expect of Gronk, is to get you this humongous edge at, especially in 2018, a ridiculously tough, uh, impossible even, to predict position right now with injuries in production. You'd think Gronk would be a guy that's just blowing it up and, and making a humongous edge for the guy who own him when he hasn't so far this year he's been either banged up or the offense as a whole is just really stagnated against both the Lions and the Jaguars but where some people are now saying, you got to abandon Chip, he hasn't been producing, and now all these other guys are coming into the offense with Edelman and Gordon. I'm actually looking at that as the biggest positive for Gronk. This offense is finally going to start taking uh, back to its old form in New England, back to that old juggernaut style, where you can't stop them. You looked at what they looked like against the Colts. I know the Colts have a bad defense, but there's no way to defend these guys with Gordon and Edelman and James White. And what that means is more red zone looks for Gronk. And when you can't double, triple cover, it when they, they didn't have these weapons. Gronk was getting tripled. Uh, so now that you can't even double the guy because you have all these weapons, I think he's going to find tons of room in the seams, and the red zones, all that stuff moving forward. And he will be that league-winning kind of advantage that you haven't gotten yet. So if you can kind of steal it from his owner and, and buy low and get that type of stability at such an unstable position, I would absolutely be going after Gronk in trades right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not that discouraged by what I'm seeing from Gronk, to be honest. I'm 3-2. And Gronk yeah. hasn't done anything. And that makes me feel great. He's not yeah. hurt, really. He's not, I mean, you know, I'm treading water. I, I feel actually pretty good about it. I'm just kind of like, oh, this guy or these other guys blow up. My mm-hmm. team's going to do really well. If you've managed to hover kind of around 500 up to this point, putting a lot of stock on one of these guys, I think you're in good shape. Yeah, let's talk about Dalvin Cook. This one is a little, uh, you know, the first two, I'm with you 100%. Dalvin Cook, man, I'm just not sure what I think about what I, about Dalvin Cook moving forward. Give me your thoughts on why he's such a great buy low. Well, it's one, the matchup coming up this week is
1: facing Arizona. Again, the worst defense by far in the league against the run. They're about to give up 200 rushing yards to Matt Breida, who we're going to talk about. Talk about shortly. Unfortunately, he went down, but all all season this team has just been the jackpot matchup for running back. So it's the ultimate like get your season back on track type of matchup. They rested him this week. He was you know close to playing with that hamstring. I'm glad to see him sit against a tough Philly run defense. Uh, gives him another extra week to get fully healthy, warmed up for this juicy matchup where I think he'll just explode and kind of spark the rest of his season. He's it looked like he's rounding into form. Uh, it struggled to find that usage. But this offense does nothing when Latavius Murray is in. He's been very underutilized, Cook has, as a receiver so far. And I think just coming into this perfect matchup with a a nice, soft rest-of-season schedule, the guy's been breaking tackles at a great rate. He's kind of—the tape looks like a a solid Dalvin Cook. Just finally gets fully healthy, hopefully, coming off this nice resting kind of two-week period. Gets this juicy matchup. I think he lights it up this week and then kind of sparks a huge rest-of-season run. And his owner is probably scrambling— I doubt somebody that put a second round pick and Dalvin Cook is in that grade of shape. Maybe they're you know two and three, one and four, and you can kind of pluck Cook for your your three and one or four and zero team, and then throw him in as a flex. He suddenly becomes a, a high end RB two, if not low end RB one, which I think rest of the season he's got. Uh, that's that's what you try to do when you buy low, and I think Dalvin Cook will absolutely
0: be that for owners. All right, let's talk penny stocks. Uh, Robbie Anderson, if you're anything like me, you loved him, you drafted him late, you were smug mm-hmm. about it, and then you immediately dropped him going into this week because you picked up somebody that you thought maybe <laughs> was a better lottery ticket, uh, and then you know he had three grabs for a buck twenty and two touchdowns, something like that. Yep. Um I mean, it, it's tough for me to say. Obviously, that's always been there. Yeah, I mean, He had one of those in week one. It was all he had. But his production, you know, last two weeks have been like two points, three points, three points in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know he's a deep threat. We know he's really good. I feel like there was like five weeks last year where he was like one of the top five, six receivers in the whole league fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. How excited should we be about this? There still wasn't any volume. I mean, we have just saw the ability to make the big play. I mean, is the thinking Sam Darnold is getting his legs under him and this could be a serious... Uh, you know connection the other side of that by the way quincy anoonwa who had been their their lead guy zero fantasy points yesterday what i think do you, you think? brought up yeah i think you brought up all the points that i wanted to make here okay one, sorry to steal your I thunder think- wolf no 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 it's all good
1: points because you asked the right questions there one Donald I do think the training wheels are starting to finally come off they've only averaged 3.8 deep shots per game which was right at the bottom of the league right now and he connects on two deep bombs with Robbie Anderson this game I think moving forward they made a concerted effort this week to take the, the deep shots more often it clearly worked out you got to imagine with that type of success they keep going and then you mentioned Quincy Anunua he had the same amount of targets five targets caught exactly zero of them and it came out that he's dealing with kind of a hand injury uh, and it's just been bugging him real real badly these last few weeks. So then you got, you know, him fading a little bit, them needing a, a weapon to step up, and Robbie Anderson is the guy they go to and man, he produces with 123 and 2 TDs on only 5 targets. So if that volume increases because Anun was a, a little bit unhealthy, a little bit unsure, then the upside just even bigger. So I think in terms of them taking the training wheels off, Donald, in case of uh, Quincy Anun being a little bit banged up and them needing to someone to step up, like you mentioned, we saw right around this time, at week 7 to week 13 – when Robbie Anderson hit his stride, he averaged over 20 fantasy points a, day, uh, a game, which is insane. It's a weak winner type of guy, and if he can find that stretch run again, we know he has it in him because he's done it again. They said coming into camp year three, he's looking more complete. He's looking ready to explode. Obviously, we haven't seen that quite yet, but the hype was there. The abilities there. He runs a 4-3, 4-40. I mean, that's all there, and we've seen the production. Now that it's finally happened again, could it spark another stretch run? I'm certainly willing to put in some waiver wire money and find if this guy can find some consistency because it's been dominant in the past
0: when he has let me ask you this the guy that i dropped or the guy that i picked up when i dropped him kiki <laughs> kiki koti for uh Texans. Oh,
1: cutie is how you actually pronounce cutie? it i got oh, some shit yeah cutie. I, I didn't realize kiki, that. cutie
0: like, Little cutie yeah. what do you think i mean i've gotten him now he's had two good games in a row I probably would not cut Kiki for him. No, I'm I, would, not going I, would, to, I like Kiki. Kiki. I could see In him surpassing games, Will Fuller. I know that's sacrilege for some people. Oh, man. Don't
1: even say something that disgusting. Come on now. You know I'm a Will Fuller. Just yeah, but luck. what
0: what'd th- what Fuller do this week?
1: I know. Quiet week. Still getting that hamstring right. But no, I would not cut QT for... Uh, for Robbie Anderson, I'd rather have him. I agree with that drop. So yeah, I, I would too. Would there. But if you have some, some trash,
0: you can cut for Anderson. Well, I got Amari Cooper. How's that for some trash? Oh, my good God. I got him, I got him to keep burning a hole in my bench right now. Other, other than I mean, does he even make deserve fun. to be on the fallers list, or is he just like such crap that like he's like looking up at the fallers list? I think you can just copy and paste whatever you write about him. One week is a boom. One week is a bust. Like You can just
1: literally just put that on repeat. It's it's awful. I can so are stand you him. expecting
0: him to be a boom this week?
1: Yeah, I think you might play him this week because it's every other week, it seems. So, yeah, you might, might as well get him in your lineup, right?
0: He's awful. Ab- he's Just great. absolutely awful. Un- unusable at this point. Another penny stock, Deontay Foreman. Uh, this is a guy we were high on in the past, like even last mm-hmm. year and stuff, and has not quite worked out due to injuries, other issues. Um, why do you like him now? Just because Lamar Miller's terrible? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Lamar Miller's been awful. Uh, He's already
1: losing a ton of snaps to Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue outplayed him this week. I know Miller was active, but not really active. Kind of an emergency back. And we already saw Blue have a more productive day than Miller's had all year. And Blue is just another guy. So both of those guys... Neither of those guys worry me. Neither of them are great talents. And as you mentioned, we've always liked Foreman as a runner. Guy's a, a big body at two thirty, six 6 foot, but he has some really good speed for his side, gets down the field uh, in a solid pace right there. Doesn't run as big as he probably should given how big he is, but he's got great lateral agility for, for a man his size. And you know, when he went down last year, when he suffered this Achilles injury week 11, he was off to his best day as a professional. He was up to 10 carries, 65 yards yards two scores three catches 15 yards kind of came out in that second half as the featured back and really took over and sparked the offense and then unfortunately of course as he gets going tears his achilles and has been out ever since but it, it looked like they really wanted him to be the guy and miller's given them no reason to not see what donta foreman can bring to the table once he returns every report saying by week seven he's going to be ready to go full health uh so at this point you know, only 20% owned, he was only 5% owned going into last week, I picked him up and then a report came out on Thursday that he's going to be back for week 7 and everybody goes and picks him up, but still, out there in 80% of leagues, I, I really like Foreman as a stash right now, especially for the running back Needy, if he takes over that featured back role, which he possibly could, got a strong nose for the end zone and Deshaun Watson led offense, who he finally looks like that quarterback one we really had at the top of our board going into the year this offense is explosive, nobody's in the backfield stepped up to take that, ju situation i think it could be foreman come week seven
0: yeah i don't think you're wrong i i I don't know how long they can keep going with the the just pedestrian backs they have they're lucky to be two and three yeah they're a good they're a good two and three team i would say Mm -hmm. but man like every game's been interesting they should have lost to the colts Total total chance they should have lost to the Cowboys. It's like they just don't. Did you, how many times did the Houston Texans kicker kick a field goal from like inside three yards yesterday? Three times, uh, I think. I
1: know, and that's maybe that's where Foreman comes in, right? Maybe that's where they you get a gotta be back. able it to
0: score there, man.
1: Pound it in, right? I feel they, they like they don't have they just. It. I mean, I feel right.
0: like they no RB, but also I feel like the play calling's terrible.
1: Uh, I awful think their coach yeah, no, is no, really agree. bad. It, I
0: really pull for the Texans, but man, oh man, that guy's a nightmare. I All know. right, injuries to cover. we got two of them, although Jay Ajayi, I mean, he's we're not gonna add even, him We're going to add list. him to the list. three, so three of them now. Let's yep. lead with him, man. Let's lead with Because he Jay was going to be
1: a faller and anyways, and then he became – he went from well, you know, dreadful inconsistency well, to torn let's ACL. Let's lead the injury so.
0: report with him.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so torn ACL broke today, uh, unfortunately, just a couple hours ago. Uh, he's going to be done for the year. He's already was dealing with some back injuries as well, and it leaves you with a very uncertain depth chart here. Wendell Smallwood's only four percent owned in leagues. I imagine he'll be among the highest owned guys uh, in terms of waiver wire activity this week. But Corey Clement also only twenty three percent. It's just a matter of do either of them get steady volume? This is a Doug Peterson offense that's always been very committee ridden. Even with a Jai, you'd think he could have a shot at a workhorse role with Clement and Sproles out. Nope, he makes sure to get. Wendell Smallwood involved. Wendell Smallwood vulturing goal line touches and whatnot. Uh, So it becomes, which guy is going to become the most consistent? I don't know if one emerges. Last year, Clement was the goal line guy, had six touchdowns in close. This year, Smallwood's already had a short yardage touchdown, had a short yardage goal line catch this week for a score too. So both of them have been productive in that spot. I don't know. Again, it's tough to project it. If I was going to guess, if I was a betting man, I'd be putting my money on Smallwood. I just, for whatever reason, think he has more of a featured back type of feel to him, Uh, a bigger ceiling. He's got 16 points in two of his last three games, so I mean, he's played really well, and Clement's got that quad injury, so I think Smallwood would get that first crack as the the healthy guy, the one that's been producing, and if he rolls, then why take him out? That's how I envision it going, so I would like the 4% owned guy right now, Wendell Smallwood, but if you can get both go for it
0: all right Matt Breda ankle injury um mm. you know this is a man the 49ers talk, yeah. talk about a Eight team bit. what could have been who the hell knows anyway uh Breda's out for how long is it the year I mean it, it seems serious it looked real serious I thought it was a season ender come the uh the game but the report so
1: far suggests it's just a mid ankle sprain he's only likely to miss one to two games so I mean the way he collapsed the way he was screaming, you'd expect it to be over. Uh, but no, he, he, I guess it's only going to be a 1-2 to two game. They haven't even ruled him out for Week 6 quite yet. So you're still going to have your guy for most of the season, which is nice. But you have to, as an owner, be very concerned about these injuries just piling up one after the other. First it was a shoulder, then it was a knee, now it's an ankle. And the guy just can't seem to make it through a full game without at least missing some of the game, if not all of it. And that has to be concerning uh, as a long-term owner. you got to think at some point... That the, the season season is coming. It just makes you nervous for all those warning signs. And it sucks because this guy has been really, really, really good, good when he's on the field. I mean, he had sixty one yards and a and a score in just one quarter against Arizona this week. He was looking on his way to another hundred and fifty two touchdown style day. He was actually he
0: was going to be the guy a year ago. a a hundred percent.
1: He looks much better in year two as well, playing far less tentative, hitting that hole, seeing that vision much better in the Shanahan zone blocking scheme. He's just been a world's better as a sophomore than he was last year, outplaying Alfred Morris by every single statistical measure. And he just can't stay on the field, which is unfortunate. So Alfred Morris, you have to own him if you're a Breida guy. 42% owned. Even if you're not a Breida guy, I'd be scrambling to go get Alfred Morris because Breida just can't stay on the field at this point. You obviously roll Breed out as long as he lasts. I'm not selling him necessarily. I've heard some shitty kind of offers. Oh, I'd give up Alan Robinson for Breida or things like that. I'll just roll with this guy because if he stays healthy, we've seen the difference maker. He's a third leading rusher coming into this week before getting hurt. Yeah. But it, it's scary. you got to be pretty nervous because he just can't seem to stay on the field.
0: All right, we're going to close out with these. Rams concussed wide receivers. And as we mm-hmm. said, uh, multiple wide receivers. And we're talking about yeah. Cooper Cup and, of course, Brandon Cooks. In theory, you would think that would elevate Robert Woods to wide receiver one status. Now, there's a lot of points to go around. I'm pretty sure all three of those guys are top 20 uh, mm-hmm. fantasy they wide are. receivers. Maybe and, even
1: top 15. And, and all three, of yeah, them.
0: maybe even all. Maybe, I know Woods and Cup are. I assume Cooks is as well. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure you're right. 15 is probably uh, more realistic. So there's plenty of points to go around. My question to you is this. Robert Woods, does does this tend to like make you think the next game he's gonna see a ton more action? Do you think he may get shut down because he's not maybe a true number one guy, he's gonna draw more attention, or do you think we can look at just like a lot of Todd Gurley? Uh, I think it's a combination. I do think Robert Woods can carry the offense. They're just
1: so He's creative good. in how they use him and all their receivers. They'll scheme ways to get him open, and I think he just dominates as he has in, in their absence. He really started to step up there. I think he had you know 93 receiving, 30 or something rushing. So they use him in creative ways, and, and they'll continue to do that. I would say Todd Gurley show absolutely just maybe even a little more uptick in receiving usage from that crazy amount he already sees. So Gurley even more of a cheat code whenever these two are, two are going to be out. It looks like Cooks will probably miss at least one week. Cup could be back. His wasn't as bad. Uh, but if both are out too, the other guy you got to look at, 0% on, but Josh Reynolds. I mean, this offense is so explosive. The second most uh, points in the league behind only the Chiefs right now, scoring 34.3, I believe, points per game. And I don't think it just suddenly stops because they're missing their top two guys. Maybe it slows down just a little bit, but Goff is dealing. Gurley is such a monster of an engine. And then you got. Robert Woods on the other side, I could see Josh Reynolds Being a a monster for however long You can stream him, if he's that number two I could see him being a top 20, top 15 guy uh, For the weeks that that lasts So yeah, Josh Reynolds, 0% owned Should absolutely be owned by anybody that had Cup, that
0: had Cooks Or that's needy at wide receiver right now, for sure Josh Reynolds, if you're listening Unlike Mason Crosby, we'd love To have you on the show, we don't care that you're 0% Owned, like we think you're the real deal We're saying right now, you're 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 a Hail Mary for us so come Absolutely. on come on, on the three. show. He's got He's a rangy guy, like a long 6'3", good
1: speed, good after the catch. He had some big games last year when receivers missed time. So I, I really like Josh Reynolds. I think he could have a, a monster game or two mixed in here if these guys are out. But I do
0: want to reiterate, Mason Crosby, not welcome on the show. Never. Never. Right. We will literally turn you away. Uh, the salt man will, will get security, Road Street Journal security on you and escort you out. He'll get thrown into a dark room and some bad, bad things. He probably won't make it out of that right. dark he'll, room. Right, and he'll find the intern's corpse. And uh, Yeah, exactly. You know, and then, and then, know
1: what his fate is, yes. Right, and he'll be
0: like, well, I guess this is going to be me in like six yep. months. <laughs> a- anyway. Let's talk about social media you might want to pump up. That's about it for the pod. Let's go watch this football game. What do you got to say? Obviously, let's go
1: watch Jameson Crowder get 20 points tonight, baby. I'll be the, You can talk about food tasting good. and Will life you week, buy baby. a Jameson
0: Crowder jersey if he gets you 20 <laughs> oh, points? Oh, my
1: good God. I don't want to commit to that. But Come on, I if he gets you 20 it, points.
0: Is this the it, Fez it, League it, you're in it, trouble with? Yeah, this is the Fez oh, League. Dude. This is
1: huge. This What's is your record right, right now? What's your right? Uh, that, that's the one that would be one in four if I fall. Oh, my gosh. It's, one in four. It's the one that I've put up. You know, every game's been five or six points, and I've made that wrong flex decision every week. Oh, now, that's I already the worst. know my flex decision's right because I picked Crowder over Stills. Stills only had two, but will it matter? Will Crowder be able to actually get 19? I mean, against the Saints defense, if any defense was going to let it happen, it'd be the Saints. I know I'm asking for a lot because Mason Crosby's the biggest douchebag that's ever walked this planet. Need I would chop off that I mean, leg. That's right devastating.
0: Because I give you seven negative seven, right?
1: It, it was awful. I don't think I ended up getting too many negative points out of it because uh, uh, my scoring doesn't you know oh. discount the like I four, said. Johnny
0: Goodtimes was riding negative eleven points at oh, one point until the last. I mean, I think awful. he ended with negative seven. That's just so bad, dude. Oh man, we're
1: not that ruthless, but yeah, it, it's it's a tough tough hole to be in. I bench Shady McCoy for Montgomery the one week that Shady's useful, mm. and I bet him, of course. Like Montgomery I, was awful. He got like four points. It was terrible. I know it, it was a bad decision last minute. I was like, I can't do shady again, and he gets eleven. So that that could be the death. Well, no. So you need to
0: get a Crowder jersey if he gets you twenty points. Guess, maybe maybe a Crowder tattoo it. even. <laughs> maybe a big Crowder's a big tattoo. big yes. tattoo across your chest of just Jamison Crowder, <laughs> like something like that. Sounds good, yeah. Flames in the background. Right, that's a verbal me. contract. I think that's enforceable in a court of all, all right, all all right what's got... your social media, Wolf?
1: <laughs> I'm Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat. Hit me up personally for any questions you have. Uh, you can find everything else for the main site Roto Street Journal on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's Roto ST Journal, Facebook, Roto Street Journal. That's where we do all our broadcasts. I have a live show tomorrow where I do my ranking rundown, so tune in for that. Tune in Sunday for the Fantasy Tailgate. Uh, all that good stuff and you can find uh, again Roto ST Journal on uh, Twitter as well and then of course this is the Fantasy Fullback Dive if you like what you heard we'd love any type of subscriptions, reviews, all that good stuff it means the world to us so please let us know how we're doing, let us know if we can do any better and help this show continue growing as you guys already have, that's what the Wolf Wolfpack is here for baby. That's it, thanks a lot, my name is Nat Truth Jones and I'm the Wolf, good luck to Crowder and good luck to everybody in week 6 coming up later guys
0: second effort, third effort, touchdown, oh. that's pretty awesome, that's old-fashioned football right there, folks.